Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us this morning on Center Stage Tucson. You know, we talk about different opportunities to get involved in our community and some things that are happening that are just really cool in Tucson. And one thing that across the board, no matter who you ask, they're going to tell you makes Tucson Tucson is the desert, the environment, the wildlife. Tucson is its own place, and it is something that we care about so much. And so I'm really excited for today's guest. We have Hubert Parker from Tucson Wildlife Center. So thank you so much for being here with us. It's great to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Well, and like I said, you know, Tucson is a very unique place and it's something that, you know, it's it's great to know how many people really care about it and want to keep the Tucson wildlife, the Tucson desert protected. So I just want to start out by saying thank you. Oh, you're I welcome. I appreciate thank that. You. Can you tell us a little bit about how the Tucson Wildlife Center started and its history? Absolutely. We were founded in 1998 by Lisa Bates and her husband, Pete Leininger. They built a house originally on 3.3 acres of land out in t- out. We're Speedway, East Speedway, almost the end of the road, East Speedway. And... She literally, she did most, she literally almost built the house herself. She got a book out of the library and studied on laying block and everything. And of course, Pete's uh, a mason, so it helped happen probably him around a little bit. But uh, she built the house and somebody brought in a raccoon that was hurt. No place to help it for an injured animal like that. She, She took it in, healed it up and released it and that's what led to the beginning of Tucson Wildlife Center and after a number of years we outgrew the place we became a nonprofit in 2000 in, in 2000 we're a 501c3 nonprofit all of our funding is by donations and grants we get no government money um, so she started the wildlife center starting helping animals and it grew and grew and basically in 2017 we were doing like 3,000 animals wow and uh, you know 2010 we went from 558 animals in 2010 to in 2017 three, three over 3,000 and um, that was also because one of the last other wildlife rescue places went out of business. Mm. We are, Lisa is a certified um, rehabilitator, so she is licensed to do that. And some people under her are also, we have vet technicians and licensed to do that. So we take care of injured, orphaned, sick wildlife. We do not take in we do not do deer bear or mountain lion that's still under the purview of game and fish so we expanded in 2014 we built an eagle flight enclosure which we would take in some eagles mostly that would come from around the Chiricahua area and the last ones we've been getting in every year they've had lead poisoning and that Mm -hmm. doesn't 
That's hard yeah. for them. They don't usually make it if they have that. And uh, But that flight area was built with the help of Tucson Electric Power. They supplied the poles, and we put the and netting and everything around the enclosure. And great partnership. That's how things kind of supposed to work. What did Tucson Electric get out of it? They got to train people how to set their power poles without having overhead power lines. That, safety. That's a good place to learn that. It's a great place to learn <laughs> that. So it was a win-win. We awesome. Need, we need more of that sometimes, but yes. Yeah. So some of the animals that you do take are some of the, the common animals that we see running around our yard, like bunnies and um, a tortoise. I would assume, what are some of the, the things that you can take in um, that people may see injured in their yards? We take in, of course, like you said, bunnies, baby birds. You have baby mm-hmm. quail, baby dove, any kind of baby orphan baby birds we'll take in. Uh, we get raccoons. We get skunks. We get bobcats, um, owls, hawks, vultures. Some eagle, we get Cotum Quatamundis, and, um, but we get everything. And uh, we, desert tortoise will help out, but they go, we turn those over to game and fish also. They're protected. Okay. Yeah. So if someone finds an injured animal, what would be the process of how to get you to the injured animal? Is there a time where they should be taking it to you or waiting for someone to come pick it up? What's the kind of the best rule of thumb there? Thank you. That's a great question. What we we start in, we ask for a phone call. Call us. Let us know what you're seeing. Let us know what is what is going on. And uh, we ask usually ask for. I'm holding up a phone right now, but there's a great little invention. The phones. Uh, they, people can send us pictures. They can send mm-hmm. us videos. We can show it to our vet techs or veterinarian what um you know what's the best recommendation to do before they somebody brings it in if it's a bigger if it's a mammal bigger animal hawk owl javelina bobcat coyote we ask people to don't bring it and call us first and we will go get that if it's something like an injured javelina bobcat coyote we can we're trained to go handle an injured animal we might need to dart it to put it uh, to knock it out so we can take it in and get it to first aid treatment it needs Um, but we ask people to do that otherwise if it's a baby bird baby bunny we ask people to bring those in and you mentioned that some animals are protected Mm -hmm. what are some of those protected animals that you know that game and fish would take care of or something that you need to be a little bit more careful of well, we we won't have we won't take in. You would need to contact Game and Fish for bear, bo- for mountain lion, deer, desert tortoise. Okay. But all of the all of the animals are protected here in Arizona by you know by the state through Game and Fish, and it's it's illegal to take one a wild animal try to raise it as a pet. Mm-hmm. You be surprised people will raise the quail until they get big and they're very imprintable and then they don't do they get imprinted to get used to being around people 
they will not do well. Not they don't do well in the wild. So we're very conscious of that when we bring have people bring them in. What about things like snakes? You know, <laughs> snakes are a big topic. Yep. You know, especially rattlesnakes <laughs> versus yep. you know a lot of times people don't know what the snake is, right. and so even when it is nothing to worry about, they may be afraid of it. Is that something that you help with at all? If it's hurt, we will help the snake. We really okay. don't take in rattlesnakes, but we will take in, you know, your king snakes, um, red racers, all the other ones yeah. we'll take in. They can be injured, and we'll, we'd certainly try to, try to help them. We always try to return animals to the habitat where they came from, if at all possible. And okay. that's... Well, that's our our whole mission is three words. I'll give you our mission statement: three words: rescue, rehab, release. That's what we do. We measure success when we released an animal that's been hurt, orphan, back into the wild. We're not we're not the zoo. Yeah. We we let our animals go. That's our whole. That's our mission. And I know it's a little bit of a tricky question because things obviously are always changing. But what is a, a range of how many animals you might have, you know, in a lower season versus a higher season that you're taking care of? And and I'll, I'll kind of piggyback a second question. How long on average would you say that an animal takes before it can be released? It, okay, the first question on... Uh, our, our, we take in around 4,000 animals a year. Okay. Probably three-quarters of those, this is my roundabout way of answering your <laughs> question. About three quarters of those are taken in, say, end of March through end of August, end of September. That's our window for our busy season, and we will be full. But we take in around four thousand animals a year, right? And now. a lot of that influx is baby animals that baby need to animals, be rescued. Absolutely, yeah. We can get, and we have. Also, some of our animals we have are what's called sanctuary animals. They are residents. They don't leave. They've either been hurt, cannot be released back because of injuries they've had, cannot be released. They could be an owl that can't fly or a hawk that can't fly silently. And uh, if that happens, they can't catch their prey and we don't release them. And we also have... Some of those can be barn owls, hawks. We have a couple of female bobcats that are residents. They act as fosters to some of the babies that come in. Oh. Foster moms, which is, we're also accredited by the Global Federation of Animal Sanctuaries. We're the only one in Arizona that's accredited by them. And they really like our foster program. Yeah, that's a really, I mean, that, that sounds really helpful, especially when you have all these babies coming in yep. that yep. need a little bit of an attention. <laughs> that sounds like a really good way to do that. Um, for anyone who wants to be, to get connected or to get involved, can you give us a phone number to reach out to Tucson Wildlife Center and then also the email or the website? The website is tucsonwildlife.com and you can sign up there and fill out questionnaire for volunteering and um we'll go ahead and do that phone number when we come back we are just about to head okay. into the break 
We are talking with Hubert Parker with the Tucson Wildlife Center. Thank you so much for tuning in to Center Stage this morning. We'll be right back. If you haven't followed on Facebook and Instagram, you can find us at Center Stage Tucson. We'll be right back. We are back. Thank you so much for being here today. We are talking about something that is so important in Tucson, our wildlife. And when those animals are injured, there's a place for them to go. And there's actually only one in all of Tucson um, and Southern Arizona, one wildlife hospital. And that's through Tucson Wildlife Center. And so we have with us today, Hubert Parker, the development director. So can you go ahead and give us now the phone number and the website for anyone who was listening that would like to reach out and learn more about Tucson Wildlife Center? Absolutely. The phone number is 520-290-9453. 520-290-WILD, W-I-L-D. But for people who need the help, like me, 9453. So, and the website is www.tucsonwildlife.com. Thank you. Sure. So, before the break, we had talked about some of the animals that are being treated and kind of the the change over the last 25 years. This is year number 25, right? Year number 25. So, yes. very, very exciting that they've been able to do so much in those 25 years and having around 4,000 animals that are coming in every year and of those animals that come in that are savable you know some animals of course unfortunately when they're injured it's something that you can't do much for them but for the ones that do have a fighting chance do you know about what percentage of those are able to be rehabbed and then to be released into the wild well our whole mission is to rehab them and release them and right now it's about 80 percent success ratio we have a release which we're very proud of yeah we can do everything in our hospital from blood work to x-rays to operate you know for surgery so it's quite a we're very proud of it quite a state-of-the-art hospital yeah that's amazing yeah and then you also had mentioned that this is the only wildlife animal hospital in southern arizona what are some of the regions that you'll go to outside of tucson city limits we will handle we will go everything south of casa grand we will do we've gone down to bisbee to the chiricahuas to pick up injured orphan wildlife from hawks eagles to uh, owls javelinas bobcats we'll go down there and do that for smaller mammals smaller birds we ask people to bring them into our location because they're all we go it's all we work with we're all volunteers if you you know you can go to our website and sign up to be a volunteer and we'll get in touch with you but we always need help well and speaking of volunteering and the opportunities that are there there are a lot of opportunities to volunteer what uh, let me just ask you another ballpark question. Okay. How many volunteers do you need in order to run on a daily basis? I mean, with all of these animals, that's a ton of volunteers that you need. It's a ton of volunteers, and uh, I'll answer it this way. We have a busy se- our, our Our busy season, we can have up to 200 volunteers. Wow. Yes. and uh, But it goes down after September when, you know, baby birds, bunnies, and all that season has ended but during our during our busy season we can have up to 200 volunteers and we need every one of them 
Well, and you know, something that I think is really cool is that when when someone graduates high school, these 18-year-olds that are looking for what to do over the summer, the summer is a busy season for you. And so it could be a really good opportunity for high school graduates to go and spend a summer volunteering before they you know, enter that next stage of life. That would be great. We can help them out doing that, and we can certainly use them. We do ask for certain commitments of a certain number of hours of when they come in a day and then certain days a week and, and ask for, especially during the summer, we do ask for a commitment of a few months to, we need, that's when we need you. And we, yeah. Yeah. And so we can certainly love to have them. And then let's just talk about the community aspect of this. You know, there are a lot of people that probably don't think every day about what happens to the injured animals. We just enjoy the fact that there are so many animals here and that, you know, as we're driving, we may see something. When we're hanging out at our house, we may see something. We appreciate and we know that the wildlife is here. But here you are taking care of the ones that really need it. We take care of the ones that really need it. They're either orphaned, injured, people bring them in. We always ask for people to call us first so we can help assess the situation. If it's a baby bird that fell out of the nest, we ask you if you can find the nest, put it back in. It's okay. It's okay to, you can, you know, it's, I, when I grew up, they always said, don't touch the baby bird. Mother won't come back. Yeah. That's not true. Okay. That's good I, to that's know. I heard good, that too. I, I, who, who didn't? I heard that. I, I, yes, <laughs> I did too. So, <laughs> but, um, so we always try to do that. So situation, if you find a bunny that you think is abandoned or a bobcat, usually most of the time the mother is still around and the baby's best chance is always to be with the mom. So they might leave the baby all day long while they go hunt and bring food back at the end of the day. They might move from one den to another. But we try to say, let's you know wait, see if the mother comes back. And so that is always the best case scenario. Leave it. The baby's going to have the best chance being if they can be with the mom. Yeah. Well, and I've seen that too. You know, I, I actually, uh, close by my house, there was a small bunny, not quite a baby, mm -hmm. but a very small bunny that had gotten hit by a car. And the first thing I did is I'm looking at it and I'm looking around. Is there somebody, you know, another bunny that's right. close by? Yeah. And uh, there wasn't, you know. And so the next thing that we did was we called in and we were able to, move it after we were told to go ahead and move it we put it into a little box and tried to give it some water and you know have it in a comfortable place and then someone came and was able to pick okay. it up and it's it was really cool and it, it was a really good thing too for my kids to see that this bunny matters there are other bunnies out there but that this one matters <laughs> and that there are people who will come and take care of it and of course my kids wanted to keep it and yes, <laughs> we couldn't yeah, do yeah. that we talked about that earlier, that when there's wildlife out there, that you don't keep it. You don't keep it. Um, you need to make sure that you're releasing it back again. And so it's, I mean, I, I'm just very, very thankful with everything that's going on in Tucson, that that is one thing that is consistent, that there are people that are out there taking care of our wildlife and that when something happens, there are people who care. Well, you, rec you speak for a lot of people in this community, which is so nice it's so remarkable it's you know we're not 
we maybe we're not for everybody. I'll I'll grant you that. Not every you know we 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 feel like we have taken a lot of the environment, a lot of the habitat away from these animals. Yeah. And I, I was telling you earlier, people in Tucson can literally have. I live Oracle Island. Have bobcats, owls, hawks, javelinas, coyotes, skunks, all, all literally in my backyard. How many places can you live like that? Not too many. To have this kind of wildlife this close, and the community, I think, appreciates that. And yeah. we are, we are, you know, we we run with on donations. We have some grants, but. It's a reflection of the giving heart of this community to give back and help support us. When we appreciate it so much, we we feel like we we add something. We try to help the animals that have they have no voice. We yeah. help to give a voice to the voiceless animals out there to help them out, and that's what we do. And we are so appreciative that we feel like there's so many people in this community feel the the same way. Yeah, well, and I think that it speaks to that too. 25 years run entirely on donations and volunteers. Yep. I mean, that that right there tells you that Tucson cares about this. This is something that we want to see. We want these animals to have a safe place to be in our city, you know, for the next 25 years. We want our, our future generations to be able to experience what we have today. And that's such a good point. We feel the same way. What We, we feel what we do. We love what we do, and we're good at it. And we can, you know, we do our very best to treat the animals as best we can and help them recover. And we, and we are so grateful that the people support us, and um, we want to go. We want this to go on after. I'm gone. We're gone. There's, you know, that we wanted it, we wanted to go in, you know, for generations to come. And yeah. so we are hoping that we we want to make this last and be a fixture in Tucson. Plus, we feel like we that's the kind of community we are, and we want to help help our wildlife. Yeah. Well, and I think that it is, you know, it's such a unique opportunity. You mentioned that the people that are performing the surgeries are all licensed, and that you know, they're really good at what they do. And that as someone who comes in as a volunteer, you can learn about caring for these animals and you can, I mean, what's more fun than caring for animals, what's, right? I, it's, <laughs> if you're you can volunteer. talk to some of the volunteers. They, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a dream come true. Some yeah. of these people sit there and help an owl or a baby bobcat or something. It's just, there's nothing quite like it. Reuniting a infant, literally infant javelina back to the herd. Yeah, it's very rewarding, and uh, we feel we're doing something bigger than ourselves. Well, and we've got just a couple minutes left, but can you tell us about the event that you have coming up in February? February is our annual fundraiser this year. February twenty fifth. It's going to be at Lewis Ventana Canyon. It's one of our. It's our big fundraiser for the year, and it is it. It accounts to about forty you percent know, of our revenue our budget and uh, it's so great we ask and we ask for the you'll be able to see it online we'll have some information coming on it very soon and when you do post that i will make sure to post that onto the center stage page as well so that okay. anyone who's following the show 
can get that information. And there are opportunities to attend the fundraiser and then also sponsorship. If any businesses out there would like to sponsor it. We would love to have you. We have sponsorship levels. They can call me and I will get the information out to them and answer any questions they may have. But yes, be a sponsor. Attend. We we, uh, have it for about 350 people there. It's a dinner, silent auction, live auction. And can you give us the website and the phone number one more time for anyone who wants to reach out? It is the phone number 520-290-9453. That's also 520-290-WILDWILD, but 9453. Website is tucsonwildlife.com. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, everyone who's listening. We'll be back next week.